You're listening to the Sandstone Cycles Podcast, where we strive to inform, encourage, and inspire you on and off the bike. In today's episode, we'll be talking to William Farmer about his non-profit trail maintenance organization, San Juan Trails. We hope you guys enjoy this episode. Ready to send it? Well, welcome to Sandstone Cycles Podcast, episode 55. Today we have a special guest, William Garrett Farmer. Now, which name do you, do you go by the most? I'm just curious because when I met you, I called you Garrett. Everybody else calls you Farmer. Does anybody call you William? Yeah, it really just depends on how you met me. So if you met me in Farmington through high school, growing up, you probably know me as Garrett. But if you met me going to college in Durango, out and about, doing other things. You probably know me as William or Will. So yeah, Will, William Garrett Farmer, Will. I answer to all those, WGF, whatever you want to call me. <laughs> when we're here with uh, Chris as well. My name is Jeremiah. We're going to get into um, talking about San Juan Trails, which is um, what Garrett is um, yeah, really spearheading and that's his main focus right now. But Garrett, just quickly tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, how'd you get into this? How'd you get into bikes? Yeah, so I have a background in motorcycles. I grew up racing motorcycles, playing sports. And then it wasn't until I was, I would say, 14 or 15 that I got my first mountain bike and I got out on the trails and I, and I got hooked. I started doing some local mountain bike races here and there, you know, kind of just complimenting my moto background. And it wasn't really until after high school that I got more serious about riding and I decided that I wanted to start training. I didn't really know what I was training for. I was just riding 100 miles a week and I wanted to do more local races and then pretty soon, Fort Lewis, Fort Lewis College, I stumbled upon their cycling team. I had a great conversation with a coach, Chad Cheney, up there, and he kind of recruited me. He's like, hey, man, you should check out the fort. You should come cycle at the fort. I got to go to Fort Lewis, continue my education, and compete on the cycling team, and that was one of the best experiences I could have ever imagined. It was truly amazing. I, I can't speak highly enough about the Fort Lewis program and what it's done for me and the opportunities that it's given me. I'm so thankful for everyone a part of that program and, and having that opportunity be so close to Farmington was, was really cool. So yeah, uh, started out, you know, Fort Lewis and then that kind of evolved into becoming a Devo coach. So that's my current job is Devo is about developing lifelong cyclists. So we're just about having fun getting kids outside and showing them how to use the bike as a as a tool to take you places and deal with life. So, and that's kind of what's got me to San Juan Trails is I see how important it is to have trails and have ways to interact with the environment. Without trails, you know, it's harder for us to connect to the land. It's harder for us to access the land. It's harder for us to develop a connection and a love for land. So that's kind of what I'm trying to do here as San Juan Trails is I've been exposed to 
what they're doing in Durango through Durango trails. And I think that would be an amazing model to bring to Farmington where we could advocate for the Farmington trails, educate trail users new and existing, and really just try to bring people together to protect our public spaces in a way that generations and generations can enjoy the same things that we get to enjoy. Sweet. Oh yeah. <clears throat> I think that's great, man. It's been a real need, I think for a long time. This is all known as the wild west. And for 10, I, I started riding bikes roughly 2012, 2013. Never have I ever seen any kind of organization take care of trails, put signs on trails, put it and you know, we have like them small groups, which is awesome. And every town has them where they just kind of go out and do it on their own. But when it comes to a leadership role and wanting to actually organize something and step up and do something and, and make it purposeful, um, and a business is, is never happened. So it's a really exciting time in Farmington and I'm glad you're doing this. Um, the other night when we were at that event for the, in the dirt movie, uh, I was really excited for you to make those connections with those trail builders from Mancus trails and, um, Man, do you remember the name of the other one from the that kind of bought that ranch and is doing the training facility thing? Oh, I'm not I sure. His name. But it was super cool. So Farm got to meet these other trail builders, and it's just cool and exciting to see those kind of connections and that networking happen because it's much needed here, dude. In Farmington, we have so many good trails, no markings, no signage, um, digital mappings all over the place when we talk about trail forks and stuff like that. And I think that's you saw that need you no know, growing up here uh just like i you know that's kind of where me and you are always talking is we're always going back and forth with these ideas and what, what what's going on um so dude yeah thank you first of all for stepping up and doing this um it's going to be well worth your time and i know it's not easy to see um benefits you know it's hard it almost feels like a volunteer job you know it's going to feel that way for a while but yeah. i think you're doing it at a great time I, th I literally, I don't think you picked a better time to do it with, uh, <clears throat> outdoor recreation. We're kind of a little post COVID thing, but COVID was just a snap and that was just a fluke deal, um, for a lot of industries, not just mountain biking. Um, but Farmington with multiple bike parks, Juniper bike park going in, you know, we're going to live in a town that has three bike parks with organizations kind of taking care of them. And yeah, yeah. Outdoor recreation is exploding in New Mexico and Farmington specifically. So I think we kind of got to see what's coming and, you know, with all the attitude about outdoor recreation, you know, there's going to be good uses and bad uses that come with that. And so we just got to be prepared for more people coming, more people on the trails and having that in mind, if we, you know, are educating people and having meaningful conversations with people, we can be sure that our lands are being used in a way that it's not going to damage them for future generations. And it sounds like you kind of went to school for some of this, right? Yeah. Okay. Correct. So you say education and I've heard you brought that up a couple of times and I like looking at your Instagram posts and you do have these little snippets of like telling people about the soil and stuff. Definitely. So, um, first of all, I got kind of two questions for you. One, what trail systems do you plan on maintaining and taking care of or doing your best to? And the other, is that education kind of like a subpart of the trail? Is that, do you want to like make an organization side of, or a, a 
education side of the trail building. Yeah. So the trail system that we want to focus on the most is going to be the East Glade trail system, everything in the Glade. We feel that Atos, another trail organization, is doing a great job managing Mountain View and Alien. You know, we'll assist them if, if they do need assistance. We'd love to help them out where needed, but we feel that our energy would be best used focusing on the Glade just because there's no one currently managing the Glade. So we feel like stepping up and being that entity that, you know, wants to make sure that the Glade trails are safe, sustainable, and a big project that we want to work on this year is just increasing user-friendliness through signs. That kind of segues into your next question about education and trail advocacy. I'd say trail education and outdoor recreation should go hand in hand. We just want people to know that there is a way to go about recreation responsibly that's going to be safe for you and other recreational users, but also it's going to have the greater picture of the environment. You know, you're not negatively affecting the environment, the animals, the soils. Um, I know you mentioned soils earlier. So something that we have so much here around here that we want to educate more people on is cryptobiotic soil. So when you go off trail, there could be a possibility that you're stepping on cryptobiotic soil and it takes a very long time to form. And whenever we step on it, it damages it. And it's actually a living organism in the soil. And so we just want to be mindful of that. I believe it's some of the first forms of life that takes form in the desert. And it's kind of the process of soil development, soil formation in the desert, and just kind of knowing that the cool parts of the desert and what's going on and just trying to live with the environment and, and realize that it's, it's our turn. It's not ours, you know? Yeah, that's very cool. And I think a lot of people do that stuff, not knowing that's, you know, I grew up riding dirt bikes like you and you just, you don't know those things. You just kind of, like I said, wild west, you just ride wherever and do whatever on your motorcycle or your four wheeler. And you see all the oil filled roads and the oil filled pads and you're like, everything is messed up already. So might as well just do whatever, go climb that hill or go do that, you know? And, um, it, I think it's easy to do on motorcycles, uh, but mountain bikes can get pretty sneaky too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's exciting. Man. Got anything, Jeremiah? Yeah. So I, I actually, um, have a couple of basic questions that people might be, um, thinking when you're looking at trail maintenance, is there a gap between, you know, making a groomed trail and taking away like, you know, things that, you know, some might consider a feature and you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, definitely. Um, and so like, how do you decide what, what to do? And then, um, you know, what's something that just even the general public can do if they're out on the trail um, and they see something, it's just like, like, Hey, quickly, like yeah, just fix that. hundred percent. So I would say we really rely on public feedback and community involvement just to know what needs addressed out on the trails. It's really hard for us to know what all needs done out there. So we do have a feature on our website or you can even just tag us on Instagram reporting trail damage to us so we can get out and make the according fix. 
And pretty much what we're looking for out on the trails is safety, sustainability, and user friendliness. So we're not trying to dumb down the trails or take away the technical component by any means, but we want people's safety to be number one. We want people to be having fun and we want it to be user friendly. Um, I think everyone's got a little bit different opinion when it comes to how a trail should be maintained or built. And that's really where we need to have open discussions on how we want our trails to look. But that's kind of our guiding principles as San Juan Trails. Yeah. And also, too, we're just working alongside with the BLM. We're, we're just helping them out and we're doing things that they would be in support of. Yeah. Well, and not to kind of, you know, stir the pot or anything like that. But I feel like if people really have... Um, some you know things they want to kind of say or contribute or like oh man why'd you take that you know that rock away or why'd you cut that root out like that was fun it's like okay like you know open to discussion and also open to help like Definitely. it's like if if people have that big of an opinion it's like well why don't you come out and help me like um and i, I know that's probably you know um your attitude towards that and not trying to you know stir the pot and stuff but it's like well you know, hey, hey, like there's only maybe, you know, you and a couple other people doing this right now. And it's like, hey, if, if more people want to be involved, if more people have vision for the trail and what they want it to look like, then jump on it. Like, you know, have work days or whatever. But um, I mean, lately you've done some work on a trail in Anasazi Jackrabbit. And that like to me is a, you know, it's a man-made trail. It's not, it's not trying to be, um, you know, a natural trail. It's not trying to disguise itself. Everybody knows it's a man-made trail, man-made features. It's got big berms. It's, it, I, I guess you could call it a flow trail. Like it's, it hasn't kind of tied yeah. it down, yeah. but but it is. You know, it's pretty flowy. And the fact that you've already just fixed those those berms and are going to start, you know, working on some of the wooden features, like that just makes that trail that much more fun and safe because people aren't like you know blowing out off the corner on a berm. They're not hitting a broken piece of wood. Um, yeah, it just, it just makes makes it more accessible. <clears throat> one, one thing I've heard is there is kind of this patriotic stance too. I know you've heard this from numerous people. It's kind of that don't tread on me. They kind of move it over to trails because I've heard this from a couple different people where they're like, I don't need big government telling me where I could ride my bike. BLM, public lands, means it's my land to do whatever I want on it. And uh, I don't know. Do you have a response to that? Because yeah, it's kind of yeah. there's definitely a. The comment I would like to make is when we're using our public lands, I would just like you to think and ask yourself: Can everyone do what I'm doing, and would it have a negative effect on the environment? If if everyone went out and chopped firewood without a permit, how would our open spaces begin to look? If everyone went out and built a trail without a permit, how would our open spaces begin to look? So I think that's the biggest thing when we're interacting with our open spaces is we need to be doing it in a way that everyone can be. And, you know, when we are recreating responsibly on designated trails, you know, our impact is, is very low. You know, that's the most sustainable way for us to interact with our environment. So I think that's the response to that. And, and I can, I do have a little bit of understanding of, you know, Farmington's past and, you know, it has, recreation has been a DIY 
experience here. You know, do it yourself out your back door. You, it wasn't really legitimate. Legitimate. You know, there's less people out in our open spaces enjoying it. But now there's more people here. There's more people enjoying our public spaces and combine that with the city and the state's attitude towards outdoor recreation. It's no longer a DIY activity. They're trying to make it something that shows economic benefit to, to the state, to the city. You know, we want to we want to leverage our resource to, to benefit and start having some tourist economy rather than it just being like a bro trail or or a DIY experience that doesn't benefit anyone besides your friend group, you know. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, man. So what's what's the um, I guess what's the next goals for um, 2024? Like what are you what are you going to try and focus on? You've said the East Glade um, area. Um, is there other things that San Juan Trails is going to try and achieve in 2024? I would say 2024 big things on our on our mind is just going to be maintaining our relationship with the BLM. We want to continue to assist them in areas needed and just try to make their life easier and really just get some transparency between the public and the land manager and hopefully just break down that barrier. We also I've touched on this before making sure our trails are safe, sustainable, user-friendliness. Part of user-friendliness is we want to be going for either some sort of funding or a grant for signs. We just want to put out signs in the East Glade trail system, you know, trail names, uh, letting people know to stay on the trail, that there's fragile soil, uh, maybe some directional influences, just kind of making it where someone could come into the bike shop They've never bu- they've never cycled before. They could buy a bike. You know, they get directions from Chris on the trailhead to go to. They could pull up to the trailhead and they would feel comfortable going on a on a bike ride. And and that yeah. No, I I, I certainly agree. I, I think it's um, the yeah more user friendly we can make it, the more people it's going to attract. But like, there's nothing worse than going to a, a new place. And then having to pull your map out like every half mile totally. because you're like, oh crap, like where, where am I? Like there's, you know, so many offshoots yeah. and, um, you know, the places that I've been like that have had, you know, the, the most signage on, yeah, like, um, trail offshoots and stuff like that. It's just so helpful. There's some like really good ones up in, um, Durango and stuff where yeah. it's like, Hey, y- y- you're there as a first time, um, user on that, you know, specific trail, but yeah, it doesn't take, it's not rocket science. Definitely. And, um, I mean, we're really fortunate out here in the Glade area that in most places There's already have, you know, cell service and stuff. And like, you, you can see things like, and even if you made it to light plant, <laughs> it's like, well, okay. Like there's, yeah. there's a road if I'm, if I'm super lost or, or damaged, it's like, you know, we're not, it's not that remote, I guess. But yeah, I, I definitely agree, man, that um, just making it accessible to, yeah, like a new bike rider, people coming in from, out of town make yeah. it simple dude yeah some other fronts we want to work on is going to be collaborating with other user groups our experience m- lies mostly with mountain bikers and we understand that but we're we understand that outdoor recreation is broad we're, we're all using our open spaces out there and so we think it's important if 
you know, we work together. There's ways to collaborate and just acknowledging each other. So we hope to, we invite other user groups to please reach out. We'd love to collaborate and just, you know, build an alliance to look after our public spaces in a way that future generations can. Uh, trail forks, we've kind of had issues with that in the past here. Uh, finally, we've been able to gain gain a grip on trail forks. So everything on trail forks is legitimate. So the two data, the trail data sources that we recommend for mountain biking around here is going to be all trails or trail forks. We've got that all carried away or all taken care of. <laughs> yeah, it was a mess. It was, <laughs> I agree. It was there. So with trail forks, uh, anyone can just go on there and put a trail on. It's not, um, and it's kind of dependent on your, uh, admin for your area who is approving these trails. Um, I feel like some areas just have admins that don't care and they just approve everything. Um, so it's, it's, you kind of got to get in there, clean stuff up. Um, there's trails that are just like some kid just randomly made it one afternoon in his backyard. And this is like, there's just a random trail, like going into someone's backyard. So you got to go in there and clean stuff like that up. Um, but dude, I'm glad that you're, you're into that because, uh, that is a huge, I, I like trail forks because it shows you like horseback shows you ATV motorcycle hiking only and so you can kind of put these filters in trail forks where if you're just looking for hiking trails you could just click the filter and nothing but hiking trails comes up on the map or horseback trails or whatever um i think there's even like an e-bike friendly filter so trail forks to me trail forks that's the number one that's my go-to if you if i'm out of town something like that looking for trails somewhere i've never been before i usually pull up trail forks first yeah 100 percent. i'm i'm a fan of trail forks too and i encourage the community out there check out trail forks and it has some super cool useful features you know you can provide trail reports to the community letting them know winter riding conditions or you can report trail damage on trail forks so a lot of the things that we're talking about during this podcast now is kind of built into trail forks and we kind of just want to leverage that tool to benefit our area more now for those who don't no trail forks or anything like that um obviously thinking about strava like you have strava free and you have strava subscription mm -hmm. um can people use trail forks for free yes i believe you just get a a designated area that's for free it's a certain size so you like choose an area you want so they could choose like farmington definitely and then you have to pay to get the the broader correct okay Cool. Well, that takes a lot of work, dude. Like entering all those trails in, and I mean, yeah, that's not easy. So thanks for thanks for doing that, man. Of course. Yeah, we're just trying to get some consistent information out there. We want what you know. We want the public getting good information in order to make good decisions, and we want that information to be in align with what the city of Farmington is saying and what you know the the BLM, the federal land managers, saying. We want. We want there to be a consistent message when it comes to outdoor recreation here and especially mountain biking. Yep. So uh, Chris mentioned this before. It kind of like sparked a thought in my brain. He said e-bikes. I just wanted to like hear your thoughts on e-bikes and when we're talking about using a trail responsibly um, and you know safely, things like that. 
you know, how does e-bikes play into that? Yeah, I think e-bikes are awesome. They're going to be an avenue to get people on trails that might not get that opportunity to get on trails, you know, giving people the opportunity to have an experience that they might not otherwise get to have because of an e-bike to me is really important. And I think we, we shouldn't take that away. And it's an awesome piece of technology, but that being said, like most things, it's a double-edged sword and like the good that comes with it, there could be bad that comes with it. I think it could be misused in ways, you know, if, if it gets in the wrong hands and people are, you know, putting other people in danger or, riding on trails in a way that's making other users uh, not feel safe. So I, I think that, like most things, e-bikes are a double-edged sword, but for the most part, there there's a huge, awesome opportunity for them. Yeah, I mean, um, Trek's philosophy is, like, get more people on bikes and that e-bikes just make yeah, things more accessible. And I know there's a lot of e-bike haters out there and it's like, yeah, like acoustic bikes all the way kind of thing. But it's like, I, for me, it's like, well, hey, if I get into my 70s or something like that and like my body's kind of getting a little bit shot, I'm probably going to look at an e-bike like so I can continue doing what I what I like to do. But when you, when you say like, you know, um, you know, making other people feel unsafe, like are you talking about like, you know, using that extra speed and just like zooming past people, um, just just basically riding irresponsibly, right? That's what you're kind of talking about. Right. And then I think also too is a lot of our trails are culturally ridden a certain way. They're not necessarily directional. I think that goes in Durango too. And so if you add the motor element, I would just be worried that people could now climb up Lakeview or they're able to pedal up Star Wars in Durango. And to me, that brings a whole whole bunch of concerns just because, you know, without an e-bike, that's not a super sweet experience. No one's probably going to pedal up Lakeview or, or uh, Star Wars, you know, but, but you add the motor. I don't know if people would start doing that or if it makes it possible, if that yeah. can make it more dangerous. No, I mean, if, yeah, if somebody's bombing down Star Wars or Lakeview, you're not thinking in your brain like, oh, I need to watch out for somebody coming the opposite way. It's like nobody ever does that the opposite way. Like, that'd be crazy. But yeah, so that, that makes sense that, you know, if, if somebody was thinking, I'm going to test my e-bike and get up this trail that's normally a down, Definitely. It, it, cert, it certainly could pose a huge risk. And we even had a, a customer come in here um, and he was out on Kinsey's. I forget what section, Chris, you might know, but he was out on um, Kinsey's and somebody um, was riding the opposite way to what you said was, you know, is kind of cultural around yeah. here. And they they ran into each other. That guy, I think, was it a broken like neck or something like that? Like something. I yeah, it was a pretty big thing. Yeah, something something broken his his neck. I mean, he he ended up in the ER. And um, the uh, the guy who comes in here, one of our customers. I mean, he just kind of had like a hurt hand or something. It wasn't that bad. But the other guy that he ran into, because yeah, he was just bombing down this trail that is typically ridden that way. Definitely. E-bike trails that are accessible right now that that i know because we have a lot of this question and it is kind of a little bit of a gray area in farmington where e-bikes can be ridden 
a lot of e-bikes just ride everywhere. doesn't matter. Kind of in Durango too. There's just kind of this unspoken, like the rules haven't been made yet. So let's just kind of ride e-bikes. But I did want to share on this podcast that there are three areas, three trail systems that I know for a fact are, you're hundred percent able to ride e-bikes on. Um, one is mountain view in Astic because mountain view is what the BLM considers a recognized trail and not a dedicated trail. So as long as you're not widening the trail. So technically you can ride full blown motorcycle on there. You can't ride ATVs or side by sides, obviously. Um, you can hike it, you can horseback it. So mountain view is kind of like just this recognized trail that has no dedication to it. So you can absolutely ride e-bikes on mountain view. The other is the purpose built flow trails in Durango. Is that what I mean? The, the new ones in horse Gulch, where as soon as you leave horse Gulch parking behind Sonic, you take an immediate right and you start going up switchbacks and there's three or four different flow lines. I think it's three really cool flow jump lines and that's, you can ride e-bikes there and then aqueduct in Mancus, which I've never, I haven't visited and I was I've trying to make it up. Dude, I was trying to make it a point to get out there all year last year and I just never did. And, um, the gentleman the other night from Mancus trails, he told me that aqueduct, you can ride, uh, you can ride e-bikes in aqueduct. So, if you guys are looking for some e-bike places where you don't want to get hounded or you want to avoid any kind of whatever difficult people or whatever, I would highly suggest riding those three areas. So there's, you know, one in Astic, one in Durango, one, and there might be more. Do you know there's more? Yeah, I have two additional places. There's Twin Buttes in Durango. That's e-bike friendly. And then also we have Pinion Mesa here locally in Farmington. That's a sweet moto multi-use e-bike friendly trail. Dude, thanks so, for adding those. Those are so. Pinion, super Pinion Mesa is a recognized trail, but it's not dedicated. Kind of like what Chris was saying. Correct. So yeah, I, this uh, I I was talking to Evan Pilling, which maybe we could talk about him actually a little bit. But Evan Pilling, he's the new outdoor recreation. I always forget his title. Coordinator. Coordinator. And uh, he was telling me that there is actually City of Farmington land around Pinion Mesa that they're gonna be probably doing some pretty big things with flow trails out there things like that that's cool um, but he sees pinion mesa as a huge opportunity which if anyone hasn't been out to pinion mesa it's probably the most beautiful views you'll ever witness here in the southwest it's just once you get out to the top um there's an arch out there you could check out um there's like an oil filled lease road that will take you all the way to the top you don't necessarily need a four by four vehicle maybe right now you do because of the snow but normally it's pretty sandy um easy drive out there so even if you have kiddos i i take my kiddos out there and we just find a little sandstone area and let them mess around do a little bit of rock hounding it's cool it's a beautiful place underrated place pina mesa is yeah sweet dude oh yeah i guess i brought up evan um to me that's a big deal like for a town to have that there's not a lot of towns in the u.s that invest in this and so for the city of farmington huge props to the city of Farmington for investing in outdoor recreation to the extent of creating a full-time position. And I got an email the other day of like job openings. Um, the city of Farmington kicked out and it says there's like an assistant coordinator. So are they hiring like an assistant under him now? It, it looked like, it looked like his description, but it just said assistant on the end. Um, so there's this guy now in Farmington that is, not this guy, but Evan Pilling, that is literally his full-time job is trails for the most part, right? 
I don't know exactly what it is, but it's fostering, it's promoting outdoor recreation in Farmington. Yeah. And what is your uh, relationship with Evan and how are you guys, have you guys kind of hooked up and definitely, yeah, we've got to sit down and meet with Evan a few times and he seems like a great resource to have in the community. I think we're super lucky to have him. He's got a, a lot of experience in trail advocacy, trail building, working with nonprofits, running nonprofits. So I think he's a huge asset to this community. Um, really excited to have him here working, working part of the outdoor rec program. Well, and if you want to know more about Evan, um, our last episode that we posted, we're, we've been a little bit uh, behind the times, <laughs> in, inconsistent in doing these podcasts, but um, our last episode was actually with him. So yeah, if anybody's listening and they want to know more about Evan Peeling and, and where he um, kind of comes from, wh- what he's doing now, go ahead and listen to that. Yeah, so I think the future of Farmington uh, is looking pretty crazy as far as the bike parks being built, Evan being here, a motivated BLM office that um, if anybody doesn't know their gentlemen that work for the BLM in our area, the Farmington field office, uh, they're really cool guys and they're really not trying to like stronghold you or hold you back or fight against anything. They're super willing to work with you. They're super down. They, a lot of them ride bikes, a lot of them run, a lot of them ride side by sides. Like they're, we're lucky. We're lucky. We got BLM personnel that actually get out and enjoy the outdoors. So with all that going on, Farmington looks like a pretty crazy place. Um, I don't I don't know. With or without COVID, I see outdoor biking, cycling, e-biking, everything just continuing to rise around here. I hope. Let's hope the economy stays strong. <laughs> it should. But I, I just I always feel like there's lots of promise in Farmington. Like I said, you started riding bikes probably around the same time I did. Or maybe you – I don't know. You're – we're such different ages. Like 2012. Yeah, I was like 2012, 2013-ish. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, it was nothing like this. Not oh, even. no. And it survived this long. So <laughs> Yeah. I kind of want to build off of what you're saying of just how much the BLM has done around here for cycling. You know, I can remember when I first started out cycling here, it was, you know, just, you know, Kinsey's and Rigger and kind of the, the road apple, the OG road apple stuff. I remember that no one was riding Wild Bills, Lakeview wasn't a thing, you know. We didn't have a East Glade Skills Park or a Flow Trail or, you know, we have like 80 plus miles, I think, right there, right here in the in the Glade. So all the infrastructure that's gotten put in in, you know, 10 years is honestly amazing. And we should we should be more grateful, yep. I think, to our our land managers rather than so, so frustrated. But yeah, they're super cool. Like you're saying, they. They love it here. They're just doing their job. You know, take that take that into consideration. We don't want them to get ridden up or in trouble at their job. They're just doing what they have to. And like Chris has said, they've there's a way to go about it. There's a process. It's it's not a dead end street. You know, call them up, work with them. There's 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 ways to get progress done. And I think the BLM is wanting to, like, they don't, and I may be speaking out of line, but they don't want too much splintering going on as far as trail organizations. It's like they they would kind of prefer, if you do want to do trail work, to kind of funnel in underneath San Juan Trails or ATOS, Aztec Trails and Open Space. 
that way there's not so much to monitor. It's kind of just like, is that kind of your understanding too? Cause if it starts to splinter too much, it's like, okay, who did this? Who's doing that? And then yeah. you, you kind of, then you get these organizations that are kind of like maybe trying to two do two different things. And it's like, I don't know. Yeah. I just want to make it clear that all the work we're doing is permitted work that we're keeping the land manager in the loop with. So like Chris is saying, I think it's really important to take that into consideration. Don't go out and take things upon yourself and, and make the fix, you know, even if you think it might be the right thing or, or it's an easy fix, you know, just report it to us and let us go out and make the fix and document it just so there's that paper trail to document that it was done correctly and who it was done by, like, like you're saying. So, so the land manager knows who, who did it. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but yeah, if, if you do want to get involved, I would really just encourage you to reach out to us or Atos or even, even the BLM mm -hmm. and ask for, for ways to get involved. Don't, don't take it upon yourself. Yeah. It's super easy. Cause they'll approve most things. If it's like, I did that a couple of times out on alien, whether it's just putting new paint down on the sandstone or building a little bridge or something, just take a few photos before kind of what you want to do type a brief description and the BLM be like, yeah, that's cool. That's totally fine. You know, as long as it's within these parameters, um, they, they're super understanding, but it is nice whenever somebody rolls up on you and they're like, what the hell are you doing? You're like, nah, dude, like I don't need to mess with you. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're good. Um, because you do, I've had people roll up on me like that saying I'm destroying the trail or whatever. And it's like, well, according to the land manager, it, we're in, we're in, we're doing good. So, you know, sorry, your opinion don't line up, yeah. but at least, I mean, it's a good feeling to know that you're in, you're in right with whose opinion actually matters. You know what I mean? But 100% makes the, doing the work easier. Yeah. Without the relationship with the land manager, we don't think any of this would be possible. It'd be nice swimming upstream it's <laughs> exciting that's awesome well um i i have a few um just shotgun questions just some fun things um, before we close and then before we close as well like um i'll just have you kind of just tell people how they can get involved and how they can find you but just these are gonna be quick okay don't think about too much okay all right okay you can only have one full suspension or hardtail not 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 choosing. I have to have an arsenal of bikes. No, no, you can, only you can only choose one. There's a gun to your head, Garrett. You can have one bike. Which one? I can't do it. I have... Oh! I, I, I'd, get, do I'd get sick of it. If I only had one bike, I think I'd get sick of it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm such a bike snob. I, 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 <laughs> I love the different disciplines of cycling, and I love all the, the attributes that they have. Um, like, all right, questions. all right. If I had to give you an answer, if I'm live, it depends where I'm living. If I'm living in the mountains, it'd be full suspension. If I'm living in more cross country type terrain, it'd be a hardtail. Okay, then, then, my, <laughs> then my follow up question, man. Talk about shotgun question. He drags it out. Um, my follow up question then: Dream bike. What would you choose? For what discipline? just dream bike dream bike I don't know, it doesn't matter honestly right now it's probably just gonna be a decked out da vinci troy there you go 
yeah Sweet. fox factory everything yeah. xtr that'd, okay. that'd be sick okay <laughs> you can choo- choose one flow trail or backcountry backcountry Sweet or salty? Sweet. Riding to race or recreational? Soul riding. Soul riding. <laughs> what's what's soul riding? I'd say Got that's some, what like, I do. Some blues music in the background. No, I'd say soul riding is kind of what I do all the time. You just go out and you just listen listen to your your bike your body and just ride wherever you feel like riding and however you feel like riding don't put any numbers to it don't put any expectations to it just go and be free on the bike and, you know you're not trying to get koms all the time gary oh Come that's on, that's unsustainable <laughs> <laughs> no definitely uh, not there's a time and place for everything i think you gotta you gotta switch switch up how you ride the bike that's awesome dude do you like listening to music oh. Like if, if you go on like on a soul ride, do you like listening to music or just just listen to the environment? No, I feel like it's dangerous on single track. I, I don't really like to listen to music when I'm riding. If I'm gravel riding, I feel feel more comfortable with it, but I think I'd prefer podcasts. I yep. like to put on a podcast uh, for like something that's not single track. But yep. I, do, I do like the, the sounds of the tires and nature and... You know, I, I, I'm out there for a reason yep. to kind of escape all yeah. that. I tried to listen to um, some music one time between my house um, and the office and it was like, I don't know, two miles or something. And I was just so freaked out of like cars going past <laughs> and stuff. I just like took them out and it's like, no, nah, I can't do this. Like, And on the trail, like he said, single on single track, I literally, I want to be able to hear the creaks in my bike if there's any, like... Or if, if my brakes, something's, you know, up, yeah. or I want to be able to hear what's around me. Like if somebody's coming, like that just, yeah. And plus, I don't know. I just, I just like being out there and just listen, listening to, you know, yeah, nature and just what's, whatever's going on. But how can people get involved um, and how can they find you? So we're all, we're on all popular social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram. We have a website. You can find us at www.sanjuantrails.com encourage you reaching out to us on there or you could come into a local bike shop like sandstone cycles bistai bikes barefoot bikes 505 cycles go in there ask them ways to get involved they could they could help get you in contact with us um and and wait um where can people get involved if, if they if they want to help how can they how can they help right now the biggest way you can help out is going to be submitting trail reports and tagging us on social media so like i said earlier y- y'all are the eyes of the trails you know it's really hard for us to cover all the trails that are out there and know what all needs fixed what all needs attention so just you know keeping us updated with with trail damage and just winter riding trail reports i think that's something that people have been really thankful for on our social media uh we think that we have a huge opportunity here in farmington and locally for shoulder season riding you know spring fall and and some winter some winters we can ride here year round so we're just trying to leverage that and give people good information to make decisions on whether the trails are rideable or not. And also maybe we could 
pull more people from Durango and beyond or or maybe not Albuquerque because it's warmer there, but you know, <laughs> yeah. from these places where they can't ride, maybe yeah, we could all. start getting yeah. some of that, that day trip economy to, you know, come use the trails, buy some gas, come in the local shop. Yeah. Yeah. And, and those, those trail updates, I'll, I'll say that, um, before there was like, yeah, consistent posting. I remember it was probably like maybe two, three years ago. I think the weather was probably in the forties and I thought, man, I'm going to go out for a ride. Like this is, this is nice. Like, and, and I hit a part of single track and I'm just like, Oh, that's dry. Like, you know, it's, it's, you know, a few kind of tiny mud patches, but then I got out onto the main part of, um, Kinsey and there was just so much more shade and there was still two or three inches of snow. And here I am in my 2.4, you know, inch tires or whatever it was like, but, now it's like when people are tagging you on instagram and putting up like hey i rode my fat bike it was, it was good for that but you know it's not going to really work for skinnies that just helps so much because totally. then, then people aren't getting all their kit on they're not getting all pumped up riding out there and then just realizing that ugh, definitely this, this is, you know no good actually and and one more one more question on that too winter riding and responsible obviously like fat bikes on top of snow they're not really doing any damage um i've heard the um the term that like you know if you're making um you know tracks or ruts kind of thing like turn around definitely explain that just just to somebody who doesn't doesn't know like if they get out there and the trail is wet when is the optimal time of like hey it's okay to ride but also you know don't be a jerk and ruin the trail for everybody else totally yeah it it is a fine line and and it is one of those things everyone probably has kind of a, a different perspective or opinion on. But I really like what you said of a good rule of thumb is just if you leave a track, turn back. You know, the, there is the occasions of, you know, 90% of the trail is for the most part dry. But there is, you know, those occasional few shaded spots that maybe does get a little rutted. And I, I think I think that's all right. But just kind of having that mindset like we talked about earlier of all right if if everyone was gonna ride this trail right now what would happen you know like it might not be that bad if if i ride it and put one rut through it but just consider you know what if 20 people or more if more people were gonna do that how how would the trail then look so i think i think that's that's good to consider and then just temperature temperature wise here when when the trails are too moist and you're really wanting to get out, you can get out when it's still frozen. You know, the the sun hasn't quite uh, started melting things off. You know, everything's still pretty firm and hard. Y- you'll you'll be fine getting out on a freeze. That that's usually good. Um, but yeah, just just kind of being mindful of if everyone could do it. Yep. Sweet. Well, thanks, man. Thanks for coming in today and um, but yeah letting us know what you've been up to and give yeah. us some really useful information. Um, anything else, Chris, before we. No, I don't think so, man. Thank you. Yeah. yeah thank you for your time. Thanks for doing this. I want to do this more. We say that after every podcast, but <laughs> I really do. I like, we open this saying that this area is kind of starving for, um, like media. Cause I think there's really good stuff, whether it's motocross or mountain biking or whatever, there's that really cool stuff. And, our area so definitely there's so much cool things going on yeah
Sweet. So remember, if you want to check out what um, Farmer's doing, you can go um, to Instagram, San Juan Trails or SanJuanTrails.com. And remember to tag, tag him in all your um, rides out there, whether it's you know good conditions or bad conditions. That way, it just helps the rest of us as well. So thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Well, thanks for listening to today's episode. Remember, you can check out more episodes like this on SoundCloud, Apple Music, and Spotify. If you need any more information, go to sandstonecycles.com. Ready to send it?